Hey everybody, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of Down to Earth. Today is Sunday and as usual, Sunday morning, we are going to talk about faith. And this morning, we're moving in the direction of talking about how important it is to hear from God and how there is such silence in the earth today. Just a few weeks ago, uh, during Easter, the Pope kind of dragged all of us and asked all of us on a specific day to lift our hearts up before God. Do you remember? It was March 25th, I think, at noon on a Wednesday. He said to let us all at one, wherever you are in the world, when it's uh, noon, to pray the Lord's Prayer. And for many of us, this was in the midst of the pandemic, and we didn't understand quite why this was happening. People had lost their jobs. People were falling ill. People were dying. And we didn't quite understand why when we prayed, there was no answer. Oftentimes in life, this happens. It's not unusual for us to pray and ask God for help, and then there seems to be no answer coming from the heavens. In fact, that's what the Pope asked us to do, is to beseech the heavens that we had exhausted our human capacity and that it was time to look up, right? And to exalt the heavens and to beseech the heavens. But I just wanna say that there is a reckoning that comes for all of us where God has to prove himself that he's not made of clay, he's not made of mortal hands. And so we find ourselves in a situation or in situations in our lifetimes where we're asking God for deliverance or asking God for help and it seems like there is no answer. I guess at those times God is proving that he's in fact real, that he's in fact spirit because he doesn't just jump when we say so. Oftentimes Christianity paints the picture of God as robotized. He's this grandfather sitting on his easy chair, reclining, and in his position, he's actually just listening to what you and I pray for and just presses a button like magic and it happens. It seems to me now that God is showing us that this is, this is what is happening. I hear you, but I'm not responding to you because my will will be done. So I, in an effort to try to understand this, uh, I'm gonna read to you the scriptures. And I'm gonna read to you that we're not unique in this situation, that there have been other people who have called on God and have not heard from him. And are wondering why the silence? How did those people navigate those situations when they called on God and didn't hear? When God is your last hope, your last resort, how do you navigate that? I imagine that there are plenty of people finding themselves in this position right now. People are asking for deliverance. The people who tried to come across the border and found no relief. People who are trying to escape violence. Women and children in violent situations at home trying to escape violence and find themselves nonetheless being violated, still have to live with the abuser. And you're praying for God to help you and there is no help. How do we navigate these things? What do you do? And I took some time to deliberate on this because I wanted to make sure that I deliver it within the context and deliver it with some level of peace to you so that as we move forward, whatever this is, the outcome is going to be. However, it is going to manifest whatever shape or form this takes, that we understand that there are times that we have missed the boat. Could it be 
that when we should have called on God, we didn't? Could it be that we never had a relationship with God in the first place? Could it be that we, in our pride, ignored God and thought God was irrelevant? In a lot of ways in our culture today, it speaks to how we pride ourselves. We think we are too proud, we're too this, we're too smart, we're too rich, we have too many resources, who needs God? We don't call on God. Even when our bodies are ravaged by illness, we still look to medicine for help instead of calling on the name of God. So God kind of just left us up to our own devices. He's just like a human being would be, isn't he? Isn't that what we say? He's divine and human at the same time. Well, he's revealing that part of it. That in his ultimate divinity, he still treats us as if we are supposed to treat him and accord him the respect that is due. We don't want to hear about God. There's no accountability. I can do whatever I want to do. I can say what I want to say. I can hurt whomever I want to hurt. I can tell anybody anything at any time. I can treat people any way that I want to. I am rich enough. I can do it. That's our attitude. Our attitude is I can be married to someone for 25 years, but I suddenly don't want them. I can dispose of them regardless of how they feel. I can walk away from those children as if they mean nothing and pick up whatever I want to do because I can. There's no regard for morality. We say that that's morality. But we disregard it, that that is humanity. We have no respect, no regard for others. We mistreat others. They're not important enough to appear before me so I don't have to talk. So heck with everybody else. Let me fix this and see what I can get out of it. That's the attitude we have. And so we disregard people. We have no regard for humanity, no regard for human feelings, no regard for human life. And then when something like this happens that is entirely out of our control, that science can't fix because they can't find a vaccine, Social distancing did not help. People are still being infected. Right now we have almost 51,000 cases in Michigan and we've been practicing social distancing for nine weeks. And there's still 51,000 cases. Something is amiss. Why the silence? So I'm going to read to you the verses of Habakkuk chapter 2. It's a scripture in the Old Testament. Those of us who are Bible readers know this. Those of you who don't, you can download the app on your phone, Bible Gateway. And you can look up Habakkuk, H-A-B-A-K-K-U-K, Habakkuk chapter 2. And I'm reading from the New King James Version, and this is what it says. I'm just going to read it to you. You're not going to believe it. It says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I'm corrected. That sounds just like a parent correcting a child. I will set myself on the rampart. That means I will stay on my, my position and I will listen to what he's going to say. And whatever he says, I am going to answer when he corrects me. That means my thoughts are wrong. That means if whatever I have done or said is wrong and merits correction, then I am going to accede to that. And I'm not going to be prideful and boastful and egotistic I'm going to apply myself to the rod of correction. So often in our lifetimes today and in our discourses, we don't think that we are deserved, that we should be corrected. We are so arrogant in our attitudes and our beliefs and the way we conduct our affairs one to another that we believe we're so arrogant, I can never be wrong. 
How can you not be wrong when you're human? Did you wake up this morning? Did an alarm clock have to wake you up? Did you get up this morning and go to the bathroom? Did you have to pee? Did you have to poo? Did you have to sit on a toilet? Did you have to brush your teeth so you don't frighten people around you? Did you have to take a shower so that you smell good when you come in front of people? Then how can you say that you are so arrogant, you're all seeing, all knowing? Sometimes we have all the technology in the world at our behest. We think we're all seeing, all powerful, all conquering. The only person who has those attributes is the one who sits above the earth. We've all seen pictures from NASA of what the earth looks like. If you really think that there isn't a God, there's something really wrong with your thinking. And yet we persist in that belief. We persist in those attitudes. We say, well, I have all the money in the world. It can attend to all my needs, all my family, my generations for the next seven generations. And then you get a sickness and a disease. I have all the contacts in the world. I'm so influential. I'm so well connected. That's for peons. Those are for the little people. The peons bow before me when I walk into the marketplace and into the atmosphere. I am the. That's what we tell ourselves. But my question to you is, did you have to pee and poo this morning? Because God didn't have to sit on a toilet. He just sits on a throne all the time. He never has the needs to sleep. But you have to sleep. Otherwise, you're no good to yourself. God doesn't have to drink water, but we need water to drink. And yet we persist in this faulty thinking. Listen to this. Then the Lord answered me and said, this is Habakkuk, the prophet speaking. He said, the Lord said to me, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. So Habakkuk is saying, since I don't know everything, since I recognize that I have to rely on God for my daily instruction and my daily living, I'm going to sit and wait for him to talk to me. And then the Lord spoke. The Lord said to him, well, I'm going to say some things to you. Write it out and make it plain so people can hear it and read it. Today, we don't do much writing. We text a lot. Yeah, that's a form of writing. It's a form of communication. We Facebook, we tweet, we YouTube and do all kinds of visual and oral stimulation. There are podcasts like this one that you listen to. The words are still eternal. Still write the vision. What the Lord says to you, still say it. For, but at the end, it will speak and it will not lie. I sometimes have visions and dreams and I sometimes hesitate to say it because I fear reprisal. I'm human. I don't want people to say she's crazy for saying things that look seem improbable. Like right now, I had a dream yesterday that I'm going to confess that they are going to issue a stay at home order that's going to be in effect until October 1st, from May 27th to October 1st, because the rates of infections have spiked across the country. And all the cumulative data that is going to come in in the next few days, they're going to see it, and it's going to warn them, and they're not going to have a choice but to say, we might have to resort and go back to staying away. Just this week, a story emerged right here in the Metro Detroit area that somebody went to work at an auto plant, and she told them she had been coughing, 
and she went home and they called her in to come in the next day on Tuesday and she went in. By Wednesday, she tested positive. By the time she tested positive, she had already been around people. She had already transmitted the virus, according to the CDC, to at least 40 persons. That is how dangerous this is. We've got to pay attention. Some of us don't want to pay attention. That's why you see all these folks are marching all over the place. It's this rebellion thing. I, nobody tells me what to do. I'm my own boss. I'm my own man. I'm a man. I'm a woman. You don't tell me what to do. We're all accountable to someone. Why is that so difficult? A concept to accept. The president of the United States is accountable to the Congress. He refuses to deal with that. He's accountable to the inspector generals. He refuses to accept that checks and balances are placed on his authority. Why? Because he used to run his own companies and he had no checks and balances. So that mentality is carried across into government and it doesn't work like that. He's having a really hard time with that. And no matter how they tell him, he's not getting it because he doesn't see it. He thinks with all that power must come less accountability. Who could I be accountable to? After all, I am. This is where the buck stops. No. You might be held responsible, but there has to be checks and balances to keep everything and systems in place. None of us like that. This is why we resent the authority of God. Because God is a final authority that holds us accountable for our actions. We would then have to explain why did you walk away from a marriage when nothing was wrong? Just because you had an inclination that you want to go have sex with someone else. We won't like that too much. Why did you not support your child? Because, well, I didn't feel like I should. Why did you not go to work? Well, they were telling me what to do at work and nobody tells me what to do. Why did you go marching on the Capitol in Lansing? Well, because they did not tell me. Do you see what I'm saying? So here we are finding ourselves in the midst of this. Now, here's what the scriptures say. Behold the proud in verse four of Habakkuk chapter two. It says, behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. You want to know who is the just here? The just is he or she who subjects themselves to authority of God. That's who the justice. Those who not just believe, but who say, I agree. I need to subject myself. I will sit up and hear what God has to say. I'm going to do what God has to say, whether it is popular or not, as long as it is in keeping with the law of the land. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Therefore, the just shall live according to him. By his faith, be it according to him, just because. And it goes on to say, indeed, because he transgresses by wine. I know some of us all are going to find some people this relates to. He's a proud man and he does not stay at home <laughs> because he enlarges his desire as hell. And he's like death and cannot be satisfied. He gathers to himself all nations and heaps up for himself all peoples. We all can find similarities in individuals we know who do that. Will not all these take up a proverb against him and a taunting riddle against him and say, Woe to him who increases what is not his? How long? And to him who loads himself with many pledges, will not your creditors rise up suddenly? Will they not awaken who oppress you? 
and you will become their booty. Be booty. The Bible says so. B-O-O-T-Y. It has nothing to do with sexual implications here. Because of men's blood, all the remnant of the people shall plunder you. And the violence of the land and the city and of all who dwell in it. And it just goes on to describe what happens to those of us who do not adhere and listen to authority, who feel that we are above it all. I read a report yesterday that in New York City, in Manhattan, 420,000 people left the city between March 1 and March 27. They were the wealthiest of the people. They left the city because they had options. They went into the outlying states, you know, where they went. They used cell phone data to track where people went. 420,000 people left because they feel that they have options. A similar thing happened here in Metro Detroit. People, as soon as the pandemic started, people were hip shot out of here. They went as far north in Michigan as they could go to vacation homes, not just in Michigan, but around the country just so they could be away from the effects and the ravages of the virus. People were exercising their options and felt like they had call and reason to get out of Dodge. And it is those reasons where people think, I don't need God. After all, I look around me. Look at all my wealth. That's what the Bible is describing here. Look at all that I have built up. Look at Elon Musk. He decided he could defy the laws of California and name his child with four letters and a number. The laws of California are that someone's name has to fit in with the 26 letters of the English alphabet. He decided he doesn't conform to any laws. I have all the money. I'm a billionaire. Certainly laws do not conform to me. They don't apply. The just shall live by his faith. And this is why I say to people who say, well, what is the value of being a Christian? Well, here it is right here. In the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of everything else that could be going wrong, you find that you are not subject to the stuff that is going on because you chose to live according to the edicts that are set in the ancient scriptures. Listen to this. Woe to him who builds a town with bloodshed, who establishes a city by iniquity. Behold, is it not of the Lord of hosts that the peoples labor to feed the fire and nations weary themselves in vain? For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. Woe to him who gives drink to his neighbor, pressing him to your bottle, even to make him drunk that you may look on his nakedness. You are filled with shame instead of glory. You also drink and be exposed. The cup of the Lord's right hand will be turned against you and utter shame will be on your glory. You know, when people say things like this, you, you know, people say, that's why I can't read the Bible because all they do is curse and so on. And that's why you find alternatives to suit what you want. But at the end of the day, we're all going to be held accountable one shape or another, one form or another. And you will be held just like I am, will be held accountable to what my beliefs. And some people say, well, what do your beliefs say? Well, I'm human. I am subject to the ravages of the human condition. Eventually, my body will deteriorate because it is built that way. It is happens to all of us. It just humbles me because when the time comes, the time comes. 
And that is all there is to it. Serving God does not mean it obviates me from, from strife. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to experience the, com- the commonalities of the human condition. It just means that it gives me hope that in the midst of all of that, I will come out of it. That's what it means. And you might say, well, Harriet, that's why I have hope. There's a man I want to tell you about. His name is Ted Turner. Remember him? He started CNN, right? Remember him, Ted Turner, Warner Brothers, right? Remember him? Yeah, he started AOL and so on. He said that being a Christian is being a loser, That's what he said in 1999. I kid you not. He said being a Christian is being a loser. He was married to Jane Fonda at the time. And since being a Christian is being a loser, and he was rich enough to do whatever he wanted to do, Jane Fonda caught him cheating with his assistant. She left him. He had to split his wealth. And the reason, here's the thing behind it. He said being a Christian is a loser when he donated a billion dollars to the United Nations, he said, which one of you Christians can match this? I am rich enough that I can donate a billion dollars to the United Nations. I kid you not. Shortly thereafter, his marriage to Jane Fonda fell apart. She caught him cheating. They had not signed a prenuptial agreement. He had to split his assets with her. It got better. He lost control of CNN in a money grab. He lost his controlling interest in the Warner Brothers. Yeah. And he went on a a downward spiral. Where that billion dollars he had promised the UN, he could not come clean on it. Because he made it on the bet that Christians are losers. And only he could give a billion dollars because he was rich enough. That's a man who took an expensive bet, didn't he? I am not going to tempt the Lord, my God. I'm not going to say, well, I'm going to do this. And I'm, I humble myself and walk within my parameters. My parameters is I'm an earthly being having an earthly experience. And I need God every day. That's my confession. I stay within my parameters as confident as I am that I can do this and I can do that. I do not let arrogance be the definition of my confidence. There are some of us who are very confident and others will perceive that our confidence is arrogance. I've been accused of that. But as long as I know within my heart that I am just that confident about my outcome, I'm good. Because the Lord God is judging me. Listen to this. I'm about to finish this up. Listen to this. What profit is the image That its maker should carve it, the molded image, a teacher of lies, that the maker of its mold should trust in it to make mute idols. Woe to him who says to wood, awake, to silent stone, arise, it shall teach. Behold, it is overlaid with gold and silver, yet in it there is no breath at all. We pay, in other words, what the Lord is saying is that we give a lot of credence and a lot of power to material things. We look, we, which people right now are saying, well, we're all in the bo- same boat, but they take off in a yacht, and mine and yours is a dinghy. They look at their gold and their silver, and they worship it. They walk past it every day. They touch it. 
They say, this is mine. This is my control. This is an example of my power. It has no breath in it. When you need help, when your child is sick unto death, when your parent is sick unto death, when your loved one is sick unto death, can you go pray to something that has no breath? It has no power, but you touch it every day. You massage it. You say that this, look at all the power I have acquired. Jeff Bezos is one of the world's wealthiest men, if not the wealthiest man in the world. He too fell guilty to this. He thought he could do whatever he wanted. He went and had an affair and they published the pictures. Maybe he was trying to hide it from his wife. That's not, you don't have any control over it at that point. The fact that you went and had the affair was when you gave up your control. His wife sat back and after so many years of marriage, she said, okay, we've been married for a while. I helped you build this up. All right, give me my share. Whoa. He had to split it. He didn't like that feeling. He had to split his wealth. And you know what she said? She said, I'm going to take this money and do as much good with it as I can. Because she knows that the way their system is built, their money-making apparatus, they will make money. She can't spend it fast enough. She needs two other lifetimes to spend it. Even if she gave it all away, by tomorrow she'll be making more money and adding to it anyway. That is a wealthy man, we admit. And he found out the limits of where his wealth, no amount of money in the world could stop his wife from leaving him. She left, nonetheless, broke his world apart. Because we all have this thing called our ego. And we feel that we should not be accountable to anyone. Who is his wife to come and tell him he shouldn't cheat? After all, he's a man. He has his own penis. He has his own heart. He can do whatever he wants to do. He has jets. He has multiple homes all over the place. He can do whatever he wants to do. Or so he felt. Until she said, sure you can, just not with me. Give me my share. All of a sudden, that conversation changed. She said, I'm still leaving you anyway because you got to learn. You can't cheat on me and think it's okay. None of us want to be held accountable. None of us want someone else to tell us the limits of our forbearance and the limits of what we can and cannot do. None of us. And God is reminding us that, hey, y'all. You have all these planets, you have all this technology, and you still couldn't stop a virus from killing off 85,000 people in America. Unbelievable. But you're still walking around, strutting your stuff, as if you are the greatest. You tell yourselves how powerful we are and how built up we are. And I own this and I own that and I'm in control of this and I'm in control of that. And then one day your empire topples. You're so arrogant even in the execution. Look at us. We thought we could tell the whole world how to live. We have super machines and super this and a virus could never come to America that could destroy the American way of life. And it did because we were too arrogant. We were too proud. We didn't think we needed to listen. We could not humble ourselves. Pray? What is that? I go to a prayer breakfast. I sit there and let them all do their stuff. I don't listen to all that hokey pokey stuff. That's what Ted Turner believed. He has nothing today. 
after he said Christians are losers. I would be very careful before I say things like that. There are some nut jobs among us. They claim to be Christians, but their behavior is not. They hate people. They walk around with nooses and swastikas and confederate flags, symbols of oppression. They're not truly Christian. They just ascribe to a belief or they tell you they do. They're not Christian. A true Christian is one who humbles himself. Humility has nothing to do with me walking around with my head bowed down. Humility is in my heart. I recognize that there are limits to my capacities and limits to my endurance. That's humility. Humility is recognizing that I can't do exactly what I want to do because I'm accountable to others. And I'm accountable to God for claiming I'm a Christian in the first place and a human being and treat others badly. That's humility. Would that some of us would do that, yeah? Listen to this. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. In the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of the economic uncertainty right now, people who live in rental spaces don't know how it's going to go because even though they have stayed evictions for this time, when it does return to normal, they can still enforce evictions because they haven't been paid. They can say they haven't collected three months' rent. People are up in arms. They don't have a job. They can't go back to work. They're, first of all, I want to even talk about what kind of jobs those were in the first place. What kind of job that can't give you sick leave? What kind of job where as you work, you get paid? That's not a job. That, that's an occupation. That's a, that's a vocation that you do occasionally. Where did all that morality and goodwill go? Once upon a time, people went to work for 40 hours and they could be assured they would get a paycheck that could keep them in their homes, even if something like this were to happen. That could keep them, that they could work and not be sick. And if they're sick, they could still go to the doctor. They would have health insurance and they could look forward to paying into a 401k. And if they didn't go to work for a month, they would be called sick leave and paid leave. What happened to that? It became absorbed into by egos. Men with egos and women with egos strutting around as if they're gods. They took on and subrogated the role of God. God didn't give up his throne. They took it. They decided that I have all this technology. I have all this power. I'm going to exercise it. And I'm going to show you who is boss. And finally, we're at the stage where the Lord is in his holy temple. And he ain't listening to none of us. He's laughing and sitting there watching us parade up and down. I have a vaccine. I don't have a vaccine. A vaccine will be ready by September. No one can be before November. There might be a vaccine. There might not be. The CDC is wrong. The president is wrong. The vice president, this, that, da, 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 China, Wuhan, na, na, everybody. Where did all your power go? I thought you had all the answers. You didn't need me. Did you call on me? Did you accept me into your discourse? Did you invite me in? So the Lord is sitting in his holy temple watching all humanity. And he looks and he sorts out. And he says, now, y'all are rich, but I'm going to help the humble. I'm going to help those who can't help themselves. I'm going to make these people pay them $1,200 so they can get some relief. I'm going to make sure that while they're going through this, they don't get evicted. Well, I'll work it out after. The Lord is sitting 
And in the midst of that, Elon Musk's girlfriend gave birth. And God is watching him. Meanwhile, the state of California is like, I'm going to subject you to the laws of the state of California. A person's name at birth must have all, must have some of the 26 letters of the alphabet. It must spell like a word. In other words, we have gone so far away that we don't even know ourselves. People say they're gender fluid anymore. They're not, they don't know if they're male or female. They're gender fluid. I can see with the sexual fluidity thing. You don't know if you like men or women, but gender fluid, seriously? That's our arrogance. That's us determining who we wanna be because it is what I want. You ever hear people, you ever, you ever been to divorce court? You have to ask yourself, how did they get together in the first place? Because when you listen to them in a divorce court, you, 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 you're astounded by the selfishness and self-centeredness of people. Nobody's thinking about the most vulnerable in the marriage, the children. It's about what I want. And I'm entitled to this. I want this. I should do what I want and I want to be free. You didn't think that you wanted to be free before you got married and started having children? It's me. CEOs of companies. You, they, there's a rumor going around that United Airlines is about to go bankrupt and that they sent out a memo to uh, employees to get their finances in order. Imagine that. So the question I asked myself was, I guarantee you the chairman of the board of United Airlines is not bankrupt. The CEO is not bankrupt. The vice presidents are not bankrupt. Where did the money go? Satisfying people's egos. That's where the, I am chairman of the board of United Airlines. I do what I want. I live how I live. I do what I want. Spending money unnecessarily. Using up the workers' money instead of putting it away for rainy day. How can United Airlines go bankrupt? After two months, y'all, are people not flying. Nine weeks and they're bankrupt? What happened in the previous nine months? The previous nine years? What happened? They didn't make money? No, they were too busy absorbing it and living as if there's no tomorrow. There's no accountability. Who are you accountable to? I am chairman of the board. I sit on the board of directors. Not accountable to the common man. Look at who is profiting today. They gave out a stimulus check. Millionaires made 1.7 million. Yeah? But what about the regular people? They got $1,200. Do you know that most rent today is over $900? So what $1,200 was going to do, baby? One time? Oh, people work service jobs. Do you know that restaurant workers earn $3.25 an hour? That is outrageous. $3.25 an hour. The Restaurant operators of America have are the little-known industry that make hundreds of millions of dollars. Yet they pay their workers $3.25 an hour. I'm going to do a show about it. The arrogance. They walk around like they're gods and demigods. People put on faces. They say the president, before he goes to do a press conference, spends two hours in hair and makeup. 
first of all, he doesn't have, he doesn't wear makeup like women. So I don't understand that. And he doesn't have any hair to speak of. So I definitely don't understand that. But it just speaks to the ego. The ego. Good Lord Almighty. My daughter had to talk to me to slow down. I do not have 20 minutes in the morning to spend on my makeup. I wear a hairstyle where I don't have to pay attention to it every day. The ego. The ego. There is something in all of us that we want to be better than our circumstances dictate. Yes, that is true. We want to be better. We want to live better. Yes, but here is the context. We are accountable and we must be accountable to God. So if you're wondering today, how is it that all these bishops and so on are praying, but the pandemic is still alive? That's because God is silent. The question you should be asking yourself is, why the silence from God? This is why. We never sat on the rampart. We never paid, sat on be the watchman on the wall. Could it be that if we go back to that, this could turn around? We probably are not. Because our gods today are entertainment. Our gods, one of them, entertainment. Sports, pornography, sex, pornography, right? Politics and money. Those are our gods. Entertainment. Are we being entertained? Sports. Politics. Money. And pornography. So bad that Pornhub made premium free. People were checking in to Pornhub.com. Those are our gods. That's what we pay attention to. That's what we worship. You know what is the common factor, the commonality amongst those five things I've just identified? You know what, they, what the common thing is? Self. All of those speak to our self. The self. I got to be entertained. I like politics. I got to have money. I'm going to have sex with whom I want, when I want, where I want. That's our problem. And we have to ask ourselves, so how we ended up here? And when you ask yourself that, well, this is what? We were so busy. We weren't the watchmen on the wall. We weren't listening. People were trying to run away from violence and were human trafficked when they arrived here. Human trafficking is an evil everywhere in the world. That means people are having sex with people whom they shouldn't have sex with. People are being labor trafficked. That means people are exploiting people. People are treating people like slaves. And then they come before the cameras like, I'm the man. Look at me. I'm the woman. While they just yell and mistreat the people who serve them. We have forgotten what it's like to be human. We have totally, totally forgotten. And now we find ourselves in a situation where we're asking ourselves, then where is God? Seriously? Where is God? In his temple. And that's where he is. And he's silent. And he's not going to answer till we say, Lord God, I don't know what to do down here. Help. That's all you got to say. I am sorry for what happened before. 
I didn't pay you the attention that I should have because I thought I had all the answers. I thought all the answers came out of me. I can say whatever I used to think that I can say whatever I want to say. I can insult anybody. I can mistreat the people. Even when I have more than they do, I still can mistreat them because they're underlings. They're peons. They're nobody. They're not important. They don't matter. I can have sex with people and pay them. Aren't I paying them? Am I not doing something good for them? I'm paying them, aren't I? But I can just have sex and I can pee on them if I want to. When we confess that. And you might say, you know, people often say, well, people used to do that in previous civilization. And that's why we should learn from their example. Because the previous civilizations who did that, they disintegrated and imploded. So that's why we should learn. But do we learn? No. We always start out humble. That's how the, this republic started. Started out with people who were really humble. Yeah, they had a certain humility about themselves. But then we built up and got so great. That people are like, we don't have to listen to the founding fathers. We don't have to do what they say. Man, what do they know? They don't know anything. And here, here we are. Find ourselves with silence. The silence comes from God sitting in his temple and watching us go through this. Are we calling on God? No, we have the vaccine, right? Dr. Fauci is the answer. Well, we don't like Dr. Berg, so I like Dr. Berg, so we're not sure what side she's on or she's on this side. We don't know. Well, it might be the CDC. It might be the National Institutes of Health. It might be the National Centers for Infectious Diseases. I don't know. Maybe Wuhan, China. Why don't we go dial up Italy? That's our attitude. We're running around like chickens with our heads cut off, trying to find the answer when the answer is clear as they look up. Speak to the Lord who is in his holy temple. We see all the evidence and we choose not to believe it. They come back from space and they show us all the images. And instead of us saying, God, you have really made this beautiful. We look at it and we say, well, one day I'm going to orbit the earth just like Mars. And I am going to sit upon the throne of the earth. And I'm going to build another planet where life can exist. And I will put my foot on the people of the earth. And they are my peons and they will serve me. That's our attitude. Did I just describe some people? I think I did. The Lord is in his holy temple. Habakkuk chapter 2. Don't you think we all need to pay a little attention maybe? I know this is not this is not even what you want to hear. I know some of these preachers today, they were preaching fire and brimstone. Who didn't preach fire and brimstone? We're telling you, touch your neighbor, turn around, it's all going to be good. And I'm like, seriously? You know what's coming in the next few weeks? When we start, more of us are going out and re-engaging. And you seriously think he's going to turn this around? And they're telling you that it's going to turn around. And people are like, we've been so socialized to... Believe that, that any man can put on a robe and come and say he's a man of God and we all believe it. And yet the truth staring you in the face, nobody's going to want to hear this or believe this. No, because it doesn't sound like, it doesn't resonate with me because you don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear that we have to be accountable, that we have to treat people better, that it behooves us that no matter how much power we have, we don't have enough power equal to the power of God. We don't have enough power to stop a virus from killing off people we love. We don't have the power. Come on. But this message I am saying today does not match up with that. 
that we want to believe and choose to believe. We want to believe that we're in control. We want to believe that we have all the power in our money. We look in our bank accounts and see that, wow, there's a lot of zeros behind that double-digit number. Wow, that's not even a double-digit. That's a triple-digit. I just signed a multi-million dollar contract. I just signed a contract worth over hundreds of millions of dollars. And we look at our bank accounts and say, that's my pop. When I call, they must pick up my phone and answer it. That's what we consider power. But a virus is running rampant through the earth. And with all the resources that all rich people all over the world have, we can't control it or stop it. Here it is, proving to be the test of time. A virus that destroyed people's lives. Shut down graduation ceremonies worldwide for high school and college graduates the world over. But we're still strutting around in our G6s. We're still talking about baby Learjets. We're still talking about I have an X5, X7, X10, X12, X35. And we still can't stop a virus. We have to run from our centers of economic power. And run into the hills, literally. But we still have power. Can't stop a virus from coming into your door. I'm not going to let my cook and my chauffeur go out. You can't stop the virus from still coming in through your door. I know people at the National Institutes of Health. I have made endowments to their health programs. And I have made endowments to their foundation. And the virus still came and killed your parents. Killed your mother, your father, and everyone else. We don't have the power. It's time for us to recognize that true power resides with God. It's time for us to recognize that there is an accountability that we all will face, whether we like it or not. And on that day of reckoning, what place are you going to be in? Are you going to be sitting in the position of ego? Or are you going to accede and say, God, if God be God, there is no God like our God. Are we going to look up onto the hills and pray and ask God for help? While we navigate this that we have brought on ourselves with our arrogance, our dismissive attitude, they're peons. They don't know what they're talking about. You're just a little scientist. You just earn, you're nothing. I don't even talk to people like you. How much money do you make? I don't talk to people who don't make more than $10 million a year and you don't qualify. Goodbye. If you make under $10 million, you serve me. That's our attitude. But here we are. It's time for us to dismiss that. Because if it's one thing you learn, this virus is no respect of persons. It comes wherever it is going to go. And it does what it's set out to do. My prayer for you today is that we come to this place of knowing that without God, we're nothing. And that even if we don't agree, and we will disagree on the finer points and on the merits of what is the, the finer points of belief in God or emergency systems or whatever kind of existentialist ideas you want to come up with, you will see that there is a power. And it wasn't the big bear. But there is a power that if we call on that name, you don't have to question it. You don't have to see the evidence. Who are you? You were just born 70 years ago, 80 years ago. You have lived through two millennia. So how would you know? You just have your lifetime of experience. But the Bible is older than all of us. Let us listen to those words. Let us read and believe in the one who sits above the heavens and ask him 
for help. I don't know about you, but as for me, that's what I am doing. I have come to the place where I recognize there are some things that are external to my control. There are plenty of things that are external to my control. So I just give it up. And I just say, God, you're in control. I turn the situation over to you. And I trust that you will give me an answer. If that is your prayer today, then I say, God bless you. Tell that to others so they too can come into the communion of fellowship. My name is Harriet Kemmock. Thanks so much for being with me today. Welcome to join my broadcast on other platforms. Share this message with yourself and others. Let others know that you've just heard the truth today and you've heard about where the real power lies. I thank you so much for being a part of our Sunday experience. Go to my website, harrietkemmock.com, as well as visit my pages on Anchor FM, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, iHeartRadio. Stream my services. I thank you so much, everybody. Have a great Sunday. Be blessed.